The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. Hey guys, before we get to the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Pro Football Focus. Prepare to win this season with PFF Fantasy. PFF offers the most in-depth stats and analysis to give you a massive edge over your competition. Use their data-driven projections and matchup tools to find breakout players. Sit back and follow Jeff Ratcliffe's expert rankings all season long. And don't waste another season guessing which players to draft or to fade. Use PFF Analytics to optimize every draft pick trade offer, and DFS lineup. Sign up at pff.com and use promo code PFF25 to save 25% on your order. Are you a high-stakes player? Then join PFF Elite to access their Green Line game picks for NFL and college games. Green Line shows you which picks have the highest confidence to beat the spread, money line, and over-under. Join PFF today and prepare to win. Go to pff.com and use promo code PFF25 to save 25% for a limited time. You are entering the Underdog Sports Fantasy Hour with Josh Dunn and Anchu Kana. are now in the Underdog Sports Fantasy Hour. I am Josh Dunn. I am joined, as always, by Anshu Kana. And this week in particular, it is a very happy Anshu Kana as the Green Bay Packers took on the Chicago Bears here in Chicago on opening night Thursday. And your boys were able to, to put up quite a showing on the defensive side of the ball, which I think is the most unexpected thing. But Anshu, you've got to be feeling good here as we look toward the rest of this slate of Week 1 games. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty happy. Obviously, getting a win on the road against the Bears is about as good as it gets, even if it wasn't the prettiest game by the own admission of the coach and quarterback. But, you know, 10 to 3, a win to win. Um, you know, I, I'm super pumped. Obviously, the defense looked awesome. And uh, yeah, like you said, it's just it's good to be one another. Offense needs to look a lot better, but it's fun for sure. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, you can kind of see it with Aaron Rodgers as he was interviewed after the game, and uh, you just you could just see the excitement on his face. You know, he said over and over, we've got a defense. And for you, Anshu, that's been one of the things that's kind of been a thorn in your side as a fan of this team. And we knew that the Bears were going to have a good defense coming into this year. We talked about it on their show just a few days back. But the, the Packers' defense is what surprised everyone, and it was – Adrian Amos, who ends up with the interception to seal it, kind of, uh, as, as Trubisky and the Bears were driving. So just kind of talk through that. Talk through what it's like to see Green Bay hold this Bears offense in check. Obviously, I know you're not as high on Mitch Trubisky as people here in Chicago are, but uh, he did he did have some, some signs of, you know, potentially being able to get the, the ball moving. But for the majority of this game, he was pretty much stymied. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, you can tell the difference in defensive quality. Uh, you know, the athleticism is so different with Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith, each compiling a sack and a half. And then, you know, a bunch of pressures. And like you said, Amos and they had Darnell Savage in the secondary. Rashawn Gary had a couple of pressures, so a couple first rounders. Uh, there's just a different sense of athleticism. I think that they seemed like they were, you know, they were prepped for this on the Mike Pettin side uh, for him to have his second year of implementing his system, I think is obviously a huge thing for this defense. And, you know, now they come home for a couple games and get Minnesota at home. I think that, you know, it's going to be a very different type of challenge, but for the defense to do that on the road against a raucous crowd with Super Bowl aspirations, in my mind, you know, no matter what happens the rest of the season, their defense, as long as they're healthy, should be good enough to keep them in games. And hopefully, you know, with the first half of the season, I just think that their offense is going to be going through a lot of growing pains like we saw week one. So um, even against Trubisky, I don't like, I still have a lot of respect for Matt Nagy. And I thought that to keep them the three points on the road um, in a game that they were sort like the Bears probably spent the whole offseason prepping for this. I think that it's a great sign for the defense. And, you know, if you're a Trubisky owner out there, I think that it's a little bit tough. I agree that he had some flashes, but um, you know, if he's not getting the job done with his legs, I'm just not sure how you can ever plan on starting him except for in two quarterback leagues. 
Yeah, I mean, that's understandable. I, I, I actually playing against a guy starting him in a one-quarterback league this week. Couldn't believe it. I had your boy Aaron Rodgers, which brings wow. me to my next question. So, you know, watching this first mm. half, it, it was re- really ugly there for a while. It I mean, was. The yeah. offensive line was just letting the Bears basically push them over and push them around. It didn't look good. It looked like this could be ugly for the Green Bay Packers. And then, you know, a point I brought up last show uh, about Green Bay was whether or not one of their – number two or three receivers could step mm-hmm. up. And the big play that kind of opened this game up for Green Bay, obviously opening it up is, is quite a term when you think about a 10-3 to 3 game. But it was, it was yeah, at least yeah. the play that kind of got the offense started for Green Bay. And that was your boy Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who has you know a 40-plus yard catch to kind of get things going and get that drive moving along. Uh, he ends up kind of being the difference maker in this game. Uh, what did you see out of – MVS and and kind of the Green Bay offense being able to adjust on the fly. Obviously, they could never get Aaron Jones going. Uh, they had issues trying to get Devontae Adams going as well. He only had, I think it was four catches for 36 yards in the game. Uh, so what did you see out of MVS being able to stretch the defense? And, uh, you know, what do you think that he brings to this team going forward? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a great point by you. I, I like, you know, there are, I think you're going to see this with your guys in Cincinnati. We see it with San Francisco and with the Rams. Obviously, the Rams are at graduate level and the others are kind of just getting started. But, um, you know, the idea of, you know, that sort of illusion of complexity, having the same looking play, you know, come out with two different, totally different things. So you run that outside zone of Aaron Jones, you run it to him, and then you hit the play fake. And Marquez Valdez-Scantling is running free uh, over the middle. So, I, I mean, I think what he brings specifically, A, he's easily their most physically imposing receiver at 6'4", ran a 4'4". Um, but on top of that, you know, like, obviously he's a lid lifter, but he can really catch the ball, obviously. And and I think that his, the trust that we've talked about with Rodgers so much is so implicit with those two. I think that, you know, the fact that he believes in him to get the ball to him down the field like that is a really interesting piece of the puzzle. And I, my personal belief is, if especially in non-PPR leagues, if you're able to get Valdez-Scantling, I think that's a real opportunity because my expectation is, with Equinemia St. Brown out for the season, um, I just think that MVS is going to get a bunch of catches, a bunch of targets, especially deep downfield. So, you know, I, I think a Deshaun Jackson type season isn't out of the question. Like, obviously, not that quite that production, but when you've got a quarterback like this and an offense that wants to, you know, play fake and go deep, I, I think that Valdez Scantling is clearly the best beneficiary of that. All right, Anchi, this is a fantasy football, fantasy sports show. Uh, We're going to get to a heavy fantasy episode, as promised, when we recorded our betting show a couple days ago. And first, we're going to kick it off with Shoe Sleepers. But before we do that, I want to tell you about our friends over at Bet Online. And I know everyone here is ready for some football. It's officially happening this week, and it is time to get in on all the exciting action. Week one of the NFL kickoff of the season is here. The wait is over. I know you guys heard Anshu give his lock of the week, or his shoe-in of the week, I should say, with the New York Jets this week. If you're looking to a play, for a place to make your online wagers, well, head to betonline.ag to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. We've got some huge matchups in week one. We've got Atlanta at Minnesota, which we talked a lot about. We've got the Rams going to Carolina, Pittsburgh at New England. There are some big-time games going on this weekend, aren't you? BetOnline's got a $5,000 season-long charity contest. They've got a great competition ranking system, and you can join in on the conversation on Twitter with hashtag SportsNetChallenge. This is all great stuff, and you could also use the promo code PODCAST1. That's PODCAST, the number one, to receive a 50% sign-up bonus today if you go to BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Anshu, let's get to it. It's fantasy football season. It's underway. And if you were watching on let's Thursday, go. as we just talked about, you probably weren't too excited about what happened on the football field from a fantasy standpoint, unless you had either one of those defenses in your starting lineup. But I know you've got <laughs> a right. few guys that you're looking at to make a splash this weekend that maybe not everybody else is looking at. So we're going we're gonna to start things off this uh, episode with shoe sleepers, and then we're going to move on to a quick game-by-game game of what we think you might be able to find some value in fantasy-wise. But Anshu, why don't you give us a few sleepers you like this week? Sure. Well, I, I mean, I'm going to try to define sleeper as someone who maybe is outside the likely scope of like a 12-team PPR starter, right? And I mean, maybe like a flex that you might be interested in putting out there. And, um, you know, I think that personally, as we look at this Antonio Brown situation, Antonio Brown, this is breaking news right here. He just got cut by the Raiders. So um, you think about oh, wow. the way that that 
you think about the way that that Oakland offense is going to look on Monday night against Denver and what they're likely to do based on what we've seen in hard knocks and what we know of John Gruden and what we saw of them last year. I mean, I just think they're going to have a ton of issues getting it going. So I love in terms of a game script, I love the two running backs on Denver. So while you might be a little hesitant to start a Royce Freeman, I think in DFS, he might be someone that's very much worth your while as like a flex option. Um, I just think they're going to end up taking the air out of the ball. And I really like Denver's run game in that game, um, especially down the stretch. So don't get too worried if Royce Freeman doesn't have a bunch of yards early, but this is a guy who last year was a presumed starter for the running back for the Broncos at running back uh, before Philip Lindsley took the load. So I like Royce Freeman a lot as a running back sleeper this week. I like that a lot. And uh, we're going to touch on the Antonio Brown saga a little bit on the leftovers. But as you as you release this breaking news, obviously, when you guys are listening to it, it won't be breaking anymore. But it seems like there's been breaking news at every point along the way with this story. Uh, What about at the receiver position? Is there anybody that you like this weekend that maybe is not an obvious selection? Yeah, I mean, again, like I think that you look towards game script and, you know, I'm thinking probably, you know, San Francisco has some interesting explosion possibilities in this game. San Francisco versus Tampa on both ends. Um, I obviously like Jameis and all those pieces on Tampa, but they're a little less obvious. I mean, you're probably start. I mean, they're more obvious, I should say. You've got Chris Godwin, you've got Mike Evans, you've got O.J. Howard. You're firing them all up, and then that's pretty much it. I don't know that you can trust one of those running backs, but on the other side – I actually think that, you know, you look at some of those guys on on the San Francisco side and Dante Pettis is likely to start. But I think that Marquise Goodwin is a player they targeted a couple of years ago. Tampa has just no one to guard any of these guys. And I think Marquise Goodwin, especially in DFS, you know, if you're looking for a guy very cheap who, you know, some may assume isn't starting. I think Goodwin is a really interesting option against a defense that just absolutely cannot stop anyone. And I expect their offense to blow up. So, again, look at game scripts. I'm a fan of Marquise Goodwin in that game. I like it. So you heard it from Anshu. Those are Shu's sleepers for the week. He likes Denver's backfield. He likes San Francisco at the receiver position. And we like Yahoo Daily Fantasy. So Anshu, we've got some promo codes this week for our listeners. Pod 25 if you're signing up for Yahoo Fantasy or Daily Fantasy for the first time. But they've officially released their Week 1 Daily Fantasy Football Contest. They've got a $1 million contest for Week 1 with no management fee. $100,000 to first place, meaning more money goes back to you, the players. 10 entry max. You're not going to be playing against people with 150 lineups like you see on some other sites. And Yahoo has a $100,000 guaranteed contest. So there are lots of prizes out there for you guys in week one. And if you're just getting started with daily fantasy football, join the free to enter Yahoo Cup and play all season long. 150000 in weekly and season long prizes. And if you get a perfect lineup, you win $1 million. That is $1 million, aren't you? Get started now at yahoo.com slash daily fantasy and use our promo code pod 25. All right, aren't you? Let's get down to it. We talked about these games from a betting perspective. Let's talk about them from a fantasy perspective and let's just go through them one by one. We're going to make this kind of a quick snapshot of each game and what we see maybe that you can find some value in from a fantasy standpoint as opposed to a betting standpoint so aren't you let's look at titans browns this is one that you and i both have circled to kind of see what these browns are made of and as you look at the titans defense has kind of been their mo but they they will obviously come into cleveland be facing a very potent cleveland browns offense who do you like here on either side of the ball for either team it's tough, man, because I think that, you know, while I'm not high on the Titans, I know you're not either this year, unfortunately, for your buddy DJ, brother DJ. But, I, I mean, I think that, you know, their defense is still going to be really rock solid with Mike Vrabel at the helm, not much change defensively. I worry about their offense. We know that Arthur Brown wants to basically run what Matt LaFleur ran last year for them, and that just means a whole lot of Derrick Henry down the stretch, I think. Um, I, I honestly think these are going to end up being two pretty good defenses, and I just don't really trust Mariota, unfortunately, as much as I love him. So I don't really like a lot of guys in this. I mean, if I had to pick one, I'd probably say Nick Chubb, just in terms of exceeding the likely production. But, you know, I'm not huge on Baker in this game. I'm not really big on Odell Beckham. I think that they're going to take a little bit of time to get going, and we know that Beckham is a little banged up. I would say Landry in a PPR league, I think you probably have to start him, but he's he's more of a high floor and less of a high ceiling type. So, um, you know, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not especially high on any of the guys in this game. Are you? 
I'm not necessarily especially high on any of the guys in this game, but I am especially high on a group of guys in this game, and that's the Cleveland Browns defense. I've told you this season mm, that I think yeah. Mariota's time has come to an end as far as being the starting quarterback of the Tennessee Titans. I think they'll stick with him as long as they can, but this could be a game that makes them scratch their head and wonder why. And I just really think Cleveland, the, the Cleveland defense in this game is going to turn Mariota over. I think that's going to be the difference. I think this game will be a little bit lower scoring than people think. I don't think the Browns are as, as there yet as every Everybody thinks they are. I think there's going to be some growing pains there. But I just I think mm-hmm. Mariota turns the ball over. I think that uh, Cleveland's going to do a good job of focusing on stopping the run because they're not too worried about what's going to happen in the pass game. And I think the Browns' defense is somebody that I would consider firing up here, uh, not only in a traditional fantasy standpoint, but also in DFS if you can get them. So uh, I like the Browns' defense here in this one, aren't you? Yeah, for DFS, they're basically the fourth – you know, most expensive de- defensive team options. So, I mean, behind the Eagles who are playing Washington, which makes sense. The Cowboys are playing the Giants at home. Ravens are going to Miami. And then the next one up is the Browns. So I think that there's there's some value there. I agree with that. I, I kind of like that a lot, actually. All right, Anshu, let's move on to the next game in the 12 o'clock slate fantasy-wise. We've got Baltimore at Miami. Uh, this is a game that, uh, you know, maybe Baltimore gives you some value in. Who do you like in this one? Mm-hmm. I, I love Mark Ingram here. I think that no-brainer. I, I mean, they're going to want to get him going. It's a perfect team to play against a team that, you know, obviously doesn't really – isn't really fancy itself a contender here in 2019. So I think it's going to be tough for them, even at home, to get a lot of stops. I ex- fully expect Greg Roman, Roman to roll out this run game and see what they've got. I mean, I think Lamar Jackson's a decent start, even though they're not going to be passing a lot. I just expect him to rack up the rushing yards. But Mark Ingram to me is a an absolute no-brainer. When you look at the Sunday full slate, I mean, he's he's priced very, very fairly. I mean, he's not going to catch a lot of balls, but he's like right around that Tevin Coleman, Rashad Penny category. So I'm I'm a big fan of Mark Ingram in this game. Yeah, you mentioned the name that I like this week, and that's Lamar Jackson, especially for his ability to run the football. I think that if you can get – Lamar Jackson in that 9 to 10 to 15 range on DFS. He's ninth as I look at uh, one of the, yep. the DFS rankings that I'm looking at here. I, I really like Lamar Jackson this week from a DFS standpoint. Now, if you have Lamar Jackson in a two-quarterback league, you're starting him. But in a one-quarterback league, I don't know that I necessarily love him. I think it really depends on who you have. If you went heavy on running back receiver and you took a flyer on Lamar Jackson, I think this is a good week. It'll make you look like a genius for at least one week. Uh, But I don't necessarily know that I'm looking at anybody on Miami. Uh, You know, Kenyon Drake may be a little bit of value, but I'm really leery of starting anybody on that Miami team. Um, all right, let's especially move on. against that Ravens front. I'm with you completely. Absolutely. All right, let's move on. This is one that's got some people a little concerned about Kansas City. They have a high-powered offense, but everybody's talking about Jacksonville's defense. We know how good they've been in the past. Do you think that they can slow down this Mahomes passing attack? And if so, who else do you like? I mean, they definitely can. We saw it last year. They played against each other. Mahomes had basically his worst start of the year. No touchdowns through the air uh, midseason against Jacksonville, whose defense was a little bit down last year, as we talked about earlier this week. But I still, I mean, if you've got Mahomes, you've got Tyree Kill, the newly extended Tyree Kill, I think you got to fire him up. And I think that an interesting piece here is going to be Damian Williams, who a lot of people are fading because of the LaShawn McCoy signing. And, you know, the, the explosion of Darwin Thompson in this preseason. But I think Damian Williams is a guy that's flying way under the radar. We saw him in that third preseason game just explode for a big 60-plus yard catch. I just think that overall, you know, this defense or this offense is so hard to slow down, even for a good defense at home like Jacksonville. And, I, I mean, I like Damian Williams. I know that's a little bit off the beaten path. Um, but, you know, I want all pieces of this Kansas City offense, but especially the run game against – a gettable Jacksonville front, I think. Yeah, you like Damian Williams. I don't hate LaShawn McCoy in this one. I mean, the the Chiefs have just been very obviously stating that they want him to be an RB1 type of guy. It could be a running back by committee, but you can get LaShawn McCoy very, very cheap in a lot of uh, DFS uh, rankings right now, and I think that he's interesting uh, because I think they're going to try to get him involved early and make sure that uh, this is a guy that's going to be there for the long haul. I think I think people forget how elusive LaShawn McCoy can be, and I think in a backfield that has a few guys uh, that can make you miss, I think he's a guy that definitely still holds value, especially being away from Buffalo. We, we've seen him play on a team that is having to play from behind and throw the ball 
for the past several seasons, I think putting him in a situation where he's on a, a good team is going to do wonders for LaShawn McCoy and kind of reviving his career. So I think he's a guy that this is the time that you can get the value out of LaShawn McCoy. You might as well take it where you can if you want to spend that money elsewhere in DFS. And I honestly like him as a flex in uh, in, in a standard format as well. Hmm. Interesting. Right. Yeah, I I like the other side too. I assume you're going to get to that, but you know, this Kansas city de- uh, defense isn't nearly as good as their offense, obviously, but assuming the offense gets it going, I'm a huge fan of DD Westbrook this week against the defense that just struggles to cover. And, you know, and even Leonard Fournette, I wish that Fournette caught more. Um, but with John Filippo as their offensive coordinator and Nick Foles as their quarterback, I just expect them to throw a ton more. And again, I expect them to be down. So I, I really like both those guys actually this week. I, I like D.D. Westbrook, and like the idea of D.D. Westbrook to me is it was so attractive so many times last season, and it just never came to mm-hmm. fruition. True. I agree with you. Nick Foles should help his his value come up. I just I'm not quite there in trusting him yet. I think eventually he could be a guy that you know you love at the flex. I just I'm not quite there. And if 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 this does come to fruition week one, you're going to look like a genius, and I'm not going to be surprised by it. I'm just I just my trust <laughs> level is not quite there yet in that situation. But I do like that call uh what about the rams at carolina a lot of offense in this one you're obviously starting pretty much everybody in this game if you've got them uh but is there somebody that you like that maybe people aren't as high on in this rams uh, panthers game I, I mean i like them all i guess i i don't like curtis samuel maybe as much it, it depends on what who you expect to be outside because um, you know, the corners for the Rams were really good. Like Akib Tlaib, when he was healthy, was absolutely outstanding. I'm not sure if he'll trail either Moore or um, or Samuel or end up staying outside. But if you've got Marcus Peters, obviously also kind of a similar type of situation. But if you think one of those two guys, I expect it to be DJ Moore, is, more, is going to be in the slot more than I like that guy. Um, but if anyone's getting trailed by Tlaib, uh, you know, that's going to be a tricky situation. So I think that Cam is actually, especially coming off the injury, is is going to be a tougher start. Um, but I, you got to start everyone else. And I, I mean, I guess also if you're thinking about someone who maybe doesn't have the same value as what they may have been perceived to be this offseason, Todd Gurley is a guy that you have to be concerned about. Um, and, you know, I, I mean, against a pretty decent Carolina front, I think that there might be fewer opportunities, but you know, where there might not be as much opportunity for their run game. I think they're all three of those pass catchers for the Rams. You take a cup woods and and cooks. I think they're all really good starts and Jared Goff too. Yeah. And McVay said, they're not going to worry about his workload this week. They're going to be on a full snap count. So interesting to see how Gurley Mm -hmm. reacts to that. I do. You, you glossed over the name, but I really like DJ Moore this week. You can get him cheaper than guys like Jarvis Landry, Cooper cup, uh, Tyler Boyd, Alshon Jeffrey, who's battling injury. Uh, I, I think DJ Moore kind of – we've talked about him a little bit on this, sh- this show in the past, and I, I just think that he can really come into his own as a number one wide receiver, especially having Curtis Samuel, who you mentioned you, you're not in love with this week, and I don't disagree with that. But I think DJ Moore, he showed flashes of it last year that he can be a stud number one receiver, and I think Cam Newton is going to need somebody to become that this year, and I think he's the guy. I think he could have a big game here against this Rams team in week one. Um, let's look to Atlanta at Minnesota, a high-powered offense with the newly inked Julio Jones, who's going to be signing a huge $66 million three-year extension at some point today, if it hasn't happened already, as we're recording. At Minnesota, great defense. People expect them to bounce back this year in a big way. I just don't know that Kirk Cousins is the answer, but how do we like this game fantasy-wise? A lot of guys that uh, were hit, hurt last year that should be back healthy this year. Yeah, specifically for Atlanta. Um, I'm I'm actually fading some of the guys. You're right. This is a, usually when you see two pretty good offenses in a dome, you like to fire up everybody, and you probably have to in your in-season drafts. But from a DFS perspective, I'm fading a lot of them. I mean, tough to start Devontae Freeman, even with the full load against that front that Minnesota has in Mike Zimmer's defense. Julio Jones, you know, obviously an absolute star, but, you know, you've got to pay the premium on him. He's the second highest. Uh, generally in DFS amongst receivers. So I'd rather have some of the other guys around him like Mike Evans. Um, And so, you know, I I mean, even with the huge extension, playing Xavier Rhodes and those guys on defense is going to be very tricky for him to get off for a huge day, I think. Um, On the other side, Stephon Diggs is banged up. That makes, you know, obviously Kirk Cousins becomes less valuable. I think that they're going to run the ball. If any of these guys, I think your boy, Dalvin Cook is easily the most appetizing player on, on this slate. And, I mean, I think Adam Thielen's also an interesting piece as they fade away from the injured Stephon Diggs. 
You nailed it, my friend. I know it's going to sound Homer, but Dalvin Cook, this is his coming back out party. If you were if you were somebody who drafted Dalvin Cook high last year and he burned oh. you, and you were willing to take a chance on him again, I think this is the year that it pays off. And what better matchup? What better way to start things out than Atlanta, who just loves giving up points? Obviously, their defense is going to be improved. <laughs> we talked about that, but I think Dalvin Cook is a guy you know that can take a lot of the pressure off of Kirk Cousins in this game, Week One. I don't necessarily know how this one's going to end up. I think this is, to me, one of the more interesting games week one, but I think Dalvin Cook has Mm -hmm. a huge game here, uh, not only just between the tackles, but also in the screen game. He's a guy that can burn you a lot of different ways, and he looks very healthy if you look at him in the preseason, breaking the 80-yard touchdown. I think Dalvin Cook's a guy who has a breakout game here in week one and reminds people why they took him so high just a year ago. All right, Anshu, let's go to your shoe-in of the week, and that's the New York football Jets taking on Buffalo at home. You are very confident in the Jets this week, and for good reason. But uh, who do you like here, and who are you playing here in DFS? Yeah, I mean, look, both these defenses are a little bit underrated. I think that the Bills' defense was a little bit higher profile late last season because of the way they were able to carry Josh Allen. But I do like the Jets. I, I think that their defensive front specifically is so good. And against the Bills' team that, you know, it's just not going to have a lot of success through the air – and wants to run the ball and doesn't really have the horses when you think of Devin Singletary and Frank Gore. I just, I really like the Jets here. I think that it's, you know, squaring up to be a really good game. And from that perspective, I don't expect them to score a ton of points, but I do think Sam Darnold has a breakout year this year. And uh, although I'm, I'm concerned about Robbie Anderson going up against a really good Tredavious White uh, on the outside, I think that they've got other options between Jameson Crowder and Quincy Anunua and, you know, some of their other pieces, including Le'Veon Bell as a pass catcher and Ty Montgomery. I really like all those guys. I think Sam Darnold is a very interesting flyer kind of down the slate because people assume that this Bills defense is going to be able to slow him down the way they did last year. So I like Darnold. I like Le'Veon Bell a little bit. He's not a guy I have in any of my redraft leagues, but I think that he could be a very interesting piece here right off the bat. Yeah, I mean, I, I know it sounds boring for me, fantasy-wise, as I'm picking these uh, these these folks that I like here on the show, but I, I like another defense in this one. I like the Jets. They're only owned in 22% mm-hmm. of Yahoo leagues. I think they're a team that you can just fire up and, and uh, take a flyer on week one. I, I really think that uh, the Bills are going to struggle. Uh, I think Devin Singletary is the one guy that has the most opportunity to try to get more touches in this game. Uh, but I, I just I just don't know that I see it. The Jets' defense is is better than they were a year ago. They they bring in a lot of new new talent. And I think that the the Jets' defense is somebody that I would start in a lot of leagues. I'm starting them over the Bears' defense in one league, which could prove to be very stupid after they uh, put up a great performance against your Packers the other night. But I do like the Jets' defense here in Week One. I mean, they can. You're looking for big plays. This Jets defense could totally do it against Josh Allen. The other guy I would mention is John Brown, especially in DFS. Again, you're looking for someone real cheap. There's a possibility that Josh Allen is able to break one off deep to John Brown. So again, if you're looking for like a really cheap piece and you're going with studs and duds with your, you know, your your strategy in DFS, I think that um, I think John Brown's an interesting flyer. What do you think about Philadelphia and Washington to round out the the 12 o'clock games if you're here in Central Time or 1 o'clock Eastern? Who do you think uh, makes makes it happen here for Philadelphia? I know we're not high on the Redskins. Is there anybody there you like? Um, you know, I mean, I think that if you, this game, game script-wise, goes as expected, then Philly will be beating Washington pretty handily. I'm not sure that's exactly how it's going to materialize. I've said that I like Washington's front quite a bit but I I mean so I think that you know the Miles Sanders Jordan Howard types are probably fades for me Um, but I do think that on the other end like Trey Quinn could get a ton of targets I I mean I'm not saying that's going to go well but you know if you're just looking for straight up volume for very very cheap Trey Quinn is an option I thought about using him as a sleeper here this week Um, you know on the other end Philly like Carson Wentz is an obvious fire I I think that Alshon Jeffrey is going to have a good week and he's very reasonably priced in that range that you mentioned earlier Um, the the problem with the Eagles is just not knowing who's going to get all those targets is it Jeffrey is it Deshaun Jackson is it who I'm not sure if he's going to even play is it Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard is you know a deep deep player at tight end too so um, I just think Wentz is the move though if you're going to have to pick one of them on that Philly offense 
Yeah, I, I, I do I do agree with you with everything you said about Philadelphia. I don't think there's a ton that uh, excites me about Washington, but I do like Darius Geis. I know Philadelphia has mm-hmm. a very strong defensive front, but Geis is a guy who obviously was injured uh, in the preseason last year, and he's a guy that uh, I think that uh, is going to get a heavy workload. Jay Gruden has come out and said that he's going to be uh, their, their featured back, and I think he's somebody that, again, kind of similar to what we talked about earlier with the screen game and being able to beat teams in a few different ways with Dalvin Cook, I think that Darius Geis is a guy that can get get out in space and make people miss and should be able to at least get the volume of touches that you would hope for out of somebody that you would maybe take a flyer on at a flex start or even in a it's DFS a standpoint. So I like Darius Geis a little bit this week, if anything, on the Washington Redskins because, like we said, there's there's just not much else there that, that this week, aren't you? For um, sure. And uh, like you mentioned with defense, I mean, Philly D might be the best of all the options this week. So obviously look towards them too. Don't hate that. All right. Three o'clock. It's uh, it's time to get to the, the second round of the games here on Sunday. We've got Indianapolis heading to LA to take on the Chargers. Obviously, we've, we've talked ad nauseum about Andrew Luck and his de- decision to uh, call it quits. It, can there be anything salvaged with Indianapolis? I know after the Andrew Luck retirement, there was a lot of drop in value for pretty much anything that you look at on the Colts side of the ball, whether it be Marlon Mack, whether it be T.Y. Hilton, everybody on that Colts offense, especially Eric Ebron uh, as well. So wh- what do you think about the Colts, and is there somebody on the Chargers you are just your mouth waters over? I mean, I think that Austin Eckler still provides crazy good value, although I think this Colts defense is pretty underrated, and Matt Everflus, again, wants to run the cover, too. So, I, I mean, I'm very interested to see what the Chargers look like, especially, um, you know, on defense without Derwin James. It's going to be tricky for them. I, I don't know how you can start any of the Colts. I, I mean, obviously, you're starting Mack or Hilton based on where you drafted them, but I don't know what your expectations can be for those two guys. Um, I, I mean, I'm... I I trust Frank Reich a ton, but I again I am not sure what that offense is going to look like with Brissett instead of Luck with at the helm. So tough for me to start any of them in DFS. But uh, the Chargers are, are real interesting. Again, I like Eckler. Um, I like Hunter Henry a ton, even though he'll be going against some very good linebackers in the Colts. But um, you know, like who who do you not start? I guess I, I'm I'm a little lower on Mike Williams, um, mainly because I think that they will be up in this game. So I, don't, I doubt they're going to be passing a lot. But, you know, at face value, all those guys should be fire-upable, especially at home against the Colts. Yeah, I think if you're taking one of the real, like, top two or three running backs or receivers in, in DFS this week, you mentioned Austin Eckler, and I love that. I think Justin Jackson's another guy you at least have to take a look at. They're expected to share the workload, and, uh, you know, I, I, I really like my elusive backs this week for whatever reason, but I think Justin Jackson's yeah. another guy that he's at least worth a look. I don't know that I'm starting him in a, a redraft format, but I, I think I like uh, what he can do and what he can bring to the table at DFS if you're spending a ton of money elsewhere. So uh, I do love the Chargers this week. Uh, I, I, feel, I feel for Indianapolis fans and, you know, our buddy Lance, who's a big Colts fan, but I just don't see it this oh, week. No. I think uh, I think Los Angeles kind of continues the trend they were on last year. And whether or not uh, they have Melvin Gordon, they still have a lot of weapons, and Justin Jackson should provide one of them this week as well. So I think we both can safely say that uh, we're high on, on, on uh, that Chargers offense this week. Um, all yep, right. I, I, I didn't want to get to it, but we had to eventually. Let's it's Cincinnati it. at Seattle. Yes. Uh, what, what do you like An here? explosion. <laughs> yeah, the, the 12s will be out uh, on week one, and my Cincinnati Bengals are projected to 22.8% on uh, the ESPN power index here. <laughs> I, I mean, it's possible. That means I, I think that obviously if you have Chris Carson, it's an auto fire. I, I'm not sure that in DFS it's like a super great option, but because Rashad Penny is so highly priced over the preseason – Maybe you get Carson at a little bit of a deal. I think he is going to carry the hell out of the ball, and I just think they're going to give him like 25 carries. So from that perspective, just on volume alone, I like Carson. I absolutely love Tyler Boyd this week. I think this a lot of people assume that the Seahawks team is the same that it was. Um, you know, obviously the offensive line has some issues for the Bengals, and so you know protection might be a factor for Andy Dalton. But I expect them to be down a little bit. I expect them to be throwing a ton, and the Seahawks defense is not – the same Legion of Boom that it was before, specifically in the secondary. And I think Tyler Boyd is going to get just a ton of targets. I could see easily double digits. He could end up with 12, 14 targets. So love, love Tyler Boyd in this game. I think that he's given, you know, the range that you mentioned earlier with uh, regards, I can't remember who it was, but I love him with that group. He's right around Alshon Jeffrey. He's 
you know, he's kind of around Jarvis Landry as well. So I, I really, really like Tyler Boyd this week. Yeah, I love Tyler Boyd as well, and I'm going to preface my sleeper on this game by saying this is a huge reach and a huge risk, but I really believe that the way that this game plan shakes out and just watching every single Bengal in the locker room and in their press conferences this week just smiling ear to ear about the surprises that their their, their opponents are going to see uh, from this offense this year, they're, they're going to have some tricks up their sleeve, and I feel like the Zach Taylor is going to bring a – a new breath of fresh air to what this offense can bring. I still think we're going to get smoked, but I think John Ross is a guy that you're going to see value in by the end of this year. He's finally healthy. He was battling a hamstring injury the entire preseason, but the offensive line is going to struggle this week. They've got Andre Smith starting for Cordy Glenn at left tackle. They're going to try to get the ball out in space and do it quickly. And obviously Tyler Boyd is the main guy on this offense, but John Ross is a guy that has 4.22 speed in the 40. He's a guy that can make people miss, and he's finally healthy. This is a make or break year for him. I think you're going to start to see it week one and I know it's a risk. So you might not take my advice this week, but I I promise you there's a, there's a very good chance that you will be looking back on this week and saying, I wish I was the guy that thought of John Ross. So I think, I think he's a guy that if you're willing to take a flyer on any Cincinnati Bengal, which I don't blame you if you're not, I think John Ross is a guy that could really (laughs) show why they drafted him in the first round just a few years ago. Um, yeah. All right, let's move on from that game as quickly as possible. Detroit at Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> Detroit at Arizona. I know you, you, you're a little higher on Detroit this year than some people are. Is is it Kenny Galladay? Is it, you know, who's the guy that breaks out for Detroit? And is there anybody on Arizona you like? I like everyone in this game. I'm a soup. This is a game that's flown under the radar fantasy-wise because of the way that, the, you know, the Cardinals looked very up and down this preseason. And obviously – a lot has been made of Matt Patricia and this, you know, this Lions thing. Um, and, and I just think that, first of all, Arizona's defense might be one of the worst in the history of this league. And so I love on Johnson here. Um, I, I think that Galladay's a fine start. Matt Stafford's a fine start. He might be one of the cheapest owned players at quarterback. Great fade opportunity in DFS. Um, probably not a guy you're starting a lot this year, but, you know, definitely an option this week. I still, I, I mean, but on is an absolute must. Um, I think I love all the Cardinals guys, man. I think that those guys, I, I, you know, I'm very high on David Johnson this year. I think they're going to unveil some stuff offensively. I think a Kyler Murray, Larry Fitzgerald stack is really, really cool, uh, interesting fade option for DFS. And Christian Kirk could have a huge game. We don't know what he's going to look like with Cliff Kingsbury. Um, I, I just, I like them all. I like every one of those guys I think is going to end up being a top 10 value uh, for this week based on their pricing. So, Fire them all up, man. Do it. Yep, you named it. Christian Kirk's the guy I had this week as well. I think he has an opportunity to get out in space and make and beat teams a lot of different ways. And I think Cliff Kings, Kingsbury will bring out the most in him. And I think Kyler Murray is a good quarterback to have to, to, to make him productive. So Christian Kirk, obviously, he's going to be returning punts as well. You may get lucky and get a, a punt touch, return for a touchdown by him. But aside from that, I think they're going to they're going to use him in a similar way that I think the Bengals will use John Ross. So I like Christian Kirk for a lot of the same reasons that I just mentioned. I like John Ross. Uh, so let's move on across this three o'clock slate of games. We've got the New York football giants going to Dallas and taking on Ezekiel Elliott. Are you ready to call Zeke the workhorse or is, is he going to need a week? Do you, do you, I know you like Troy Pollard leaving, leading up to that salary. Yeah, I like Tony Pollard coming in, but I, I do Pollard, think sorry. that Zeke is it's, uh, Zeke's good. I mean, Dak is obviously a good option. These two teams are very familiar with each other. So that was my hesitation on, on hammering the, the Cowboys with that line, but Man, because of their offensive line, because of all the pieces they have, it's really tough to envision Eli Manning going in and, and beating Dallas. Um, you know, I I like Amari Cooper a lot. I just think that, you know, Michael Gallup is a breakout possibility, but I think that Cooper against this defense um, is just going to have his way, assuming his foot is okay. Obviously, he didn't play at all this preseason, but he and Dak clearly or, you know, Simpatico last season. So I'm a fan of, of Amari. I think that Dak is a good start. I think Zeke is a great start. Sterling Shepard is going to get absolutely a ton of targets, similar to Tyler Boyd. And while this Cowboys defense is pretty good in their secondary, I still like Shepard here. And obviously Saquon Barkley, I mean, and Evan Ingram. I, I think that I just think the Giants are going to be down. They're going to be passing, and they have three guys that can actually be productive with the ball, and I expect them to get the ball in their hands. Yeah, you mentioned Gallup. I think Gallup's going to have a big game here week one. I, I don't think that he's going to have – a crazy value value ridden season fantasy wise but i think 
this is going to be a guy that could have a really big week one, and then he's the guy that everybody's trying to pick up on the waiver wire. I, I, I don't mm-hmm. see it long-term working out as, as well as week one could indicate, but this is just a, a – again, it's a mouth-watering matchup for the Cowboys. Uh, they should be up and up ahead by quite a bit for the majority of this game, if not the entire game, and I think Gallup could be a benefactor of Amari Cooper drawing a lot of that coverage from the New York Giants, and he's a guy that you know a lot of people like. So I think Gallup's a guy that I like uh, coming in here in week one, but uh, again, I, I'm probably fading that as the season goes on. What about San Francisco, Tampa Bay? Expecting a lot of offense and very little defense. This is the last game before Sunday night. What do you like here? I like them all. I mean, you heard my some of my sleepers that we mentioned earlier. I, I mean, I really like Brita. I know that Brita was listed as a starter by the, the San Francisco PR department, but I think that Tevin Coleman is going to end up being their guy. Expect him to catch a bunch of passes. Um, you know, I, I think that, again, Marquise Goodwin, Dante Pettis, I think they're all going to be good. Garoppolo, you know, obviously so much of it hinges on whether Jimmy G is even passable. I, he looked awful this preseason. We talked about it a ton. I know you're not a huge believer. Um, I just think this Tampa defense is one of the three or four worst in the league, especially in the secondary. So that leads me to want some of those pass catchers on San Francisco. But on the other side, I mean, dude, like Every <laughs> Godwin time. and Howard and, I mean, all all of them for sure. Yeah, I'm with you. I, Tampa Bay. I'm 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 playing everybody. I love Jameis Winston this week. I love Mike Evans this week. Jameis. I think that could be yep. a big one-two punch for you this week. Godwin should provide value, and OJ Howard I think is a top three or four tight end this week. I don't love the running back position for Tampa Bay at all this season, and especially early on until they figure out their identity. They obviously tried to work Ronald Jones in. Uh, they they bring in Agumba Agumba Wale. Uh, Peyton Barber, you know, was the starter and should be the starter, but whether or not he gets a starter's workload is still within question. So I'm fading everything as far as Tampa Bay's backfield, but I love everything else on the offensive side of the ball for the Bucks. I think they win this game, and I, I think they do it by scoring a lot of points. But to your point, Anshu, I think the Niners score points here as well. So you could probably find value on both sides as we look at both of these two offenses. And you know, this could be one of the games that, even though the teams aren't really as sexy this year, you know, we could be looking at this game as one of the more exciting games here in Week One. Yeah, for sure. Good offenses and bad defense are a, a good recipe for fantasy and a good recipe for entertainment. All right, what about entertainment on Sunday night? We've got Pittsburgh going into New England. You know, I love nothing more than finishing a Sunday with watching the Steelers lose. But aside from that. How would we like to see this <laughs> shake out fantasy-wise? There's a lot to be determined whether or not uh, with New England they're going to have you know, somebody be that standout wide receiver, but uh, who do you like week one? Yeah, and I, I think I will be very conservative with this and, and just assume I, I like Roethlisberger. I, I like and not in real life, but I think that he'll have a decent game here. James is a no-brainer to me, more so even than Ben Roethlisberger. And so – um, you know, Smith-Schuster should get a ton of targets. It'll be interesting to see who emerges as the second guy, whether it's Washington or Moncrief. Um, and then, obviously, you've got Vance McDonald, who I'm a little bit higher on than others. But, uh, you know, I, I just – I think it's going to be really interesting. New England's defense is so good. It's gotten better since last year. And then on the other side, I mean, I love Sony Michelle. I think that James White's a really good option, too. So um, I'd be a little hesitant with, with Josh. And I think that they'll come out and get the ball four-speeded to Adelman and the running backs and just – kind of get a feel for their offense and this, this Steelers defense, but um, a lot of interesting pieces here and a lot of ball in here because there have been a ton of changes to both these teams, specifically Pittsburgh. Yeah, I, I, this, I, I kind of agree with you. It's, it's playing it safe in this game. I think you have enough guys that have proven themselves to not take a fire on guys that haven't. So you're obviously firing up Connor. You're obviously firing up Juju Smith-Schuster and Roethlisberger mm-hmm. in this game. You know, on the other side of the ball, there's the household names. I'm not really taking many chances when I look at this matchup, you know, anywhere. So I like I like the guys that I'm supposed to in this game, uh, but we're not going to be able to provide much as far as advice because I think we both like who you all like in this game. But maybe we could help you out a little bit on Monday night. We've got Houston at New Orleans and Denver and Oakland to close things out. Uh, Houston, New Orleans, again, should be a huge offensive output. What do you like in this one? Maybe somebody that, uh, you know, not so run of the mill uh, could provide some huge fantasy output for you. Yeah, I mean, I think Will Fuller is is a great option here, sitting he's healthy. I don't think Kiki QT is going to do a lot. Um, you know, he's obviously been banged up all preseason. 
Uh, obviously, Duke Johnson's interesting. I love, love Deshaun Watson. If you get him on, you know, it's going to be an interesting DFS situation because you have these two games when you normally just have the one game slate for Monday night. I would absolutely fire Deshaun Jack Watson. And, and I mean, I think obviously Drew Brees is a great option, but especially Watson against, you know, a second place with New Orleans over the last few years. With no way they can keep up with those. Hopkins, but I feel like all those guys just pour the prize. And on the other side, I mean, it's, it's the Saints. Who are you not starting, right? I'm with you. I like I like Duke Johnson a lot this week. I think uh, I think ultimately he ends up being a top 15 running back in fantasy this year, just because of what he can do out of the backfield, especially if you're in a PPR league. Uh, so I, I really like Duke Johnson and really the other names that you mentioned. I'm on board with as well. All right, we've got one last game. We talked a little bit about Antonio Brown and him being a clown, but uh, what do you think of Oakland and Denver? Is there anything you can salvage from this game fantasy wise? I know you liked their running backs in Denver. Uh, as your sleepers, what about uh, on the Oakland side of the ball? Is anybody giving you a cause for pause here? Do you like, you know, Josh, Josh Jacobs, anybody in this game? I don't really like any of these guys, to be honest. I mean, I think that Josh Jacobs is probably someone you have to start, but I don't, I'm not a fan of anyone on the Raiders side. Darren Waller could end up being the beneficiary of this Antonio Brown situation, but I'm not, not super high on him. I mean, maybe in a DFS perspective, you, you go with him, but and you got to pick him up for sure, just in case he becomes this year's Jared Cook. But um, yeah, I mean, from the right perspective, I think you there's just no way to know that offense will look without Antonio Brown. I'm with you. I, I don't love anything on the Raiders. I am starting Josh Jacobs in a league, but only because I have to, and I'm fading everybody else. I, I had Antonio Brown. I picked up Tyrell Williams. Still not sure what I'm going to do there. I think that's a difficult call, but if, if anything, uh, you know, I still think Derek Carr is a talented quarterback, and Tyrell Williams you know, should have an opportunity now with Antonio Brown being released to hopefully at least be productive, uh, especially for me drafting Antonio Brown in the second or third round. So, uh, all right, we, we made it through every game in week one. I don't know about you, Anshu, but I'm ready for some football. I'm ready to watch my Bengals start out the year 0-1 as I expect them to. Super pop. Yeah, we, I, I think we're both very excited. <laughs> uh, but uh, real quick, uh, we wanted to just, just quickly react to the Antonio Brown story. Obviously, you, you mentioned it as it broke that he was – officially released by the Oakland Raiders. And, you know, what does this mean for Antonio Brown as we look forward? Obviously, the antics off the field would cause any team to, to kind of consider shying away from this as, a, as something that you would want to bring on board. But, you know, the New England Patriots name has been thrown out there. Is there anybody that you can see taking a chance on Antonio Brown and giving him an opportunity to play football this year or at all? Uh I think the Patriots are obviously an option. I think the Seahawks are a team to watch out for. They could use another receiver. They're very, very confident in their ability to maintain a strong locker room, even with big personalities. I think San Francisco is an option. Remember early this preseason, or I'm sorry, offseason, he basically said he wanted to go there. He's buddies with Richard Sherman, it seemed like, at least over Twitter. And, you know, that makes a lot of sense. So um, I think those two teams, those three teams are, are three to watch. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it, the Eagles are always a team to watch. Again, you look at like a strong veteran presence. I think that they're a team to look for, even if they don't necessarily need him. So those are the teams to watch. I personally would have no interest in bringing him in, but you know, you're talking about an all time great talent basically in his prime. So it's understandable. I just, this is one of the wildest things you literally could say. Anything is in the realm for the next thing to happen in this. And it wouldn't surprise me. So, um, you know, you've got to be loving this though, as an Antonio Brown hater, I got to think. I mean, it's just, it's so, it's so pathetic and it's so embarrassing. You know, we have the helmet thing and that just, you know, we have the helmet thing. We have the, 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 the feet issue. Uh, it was just something different every single day. And just when you think the story was fine and it went away and, you know, the report was that Gruden was going to allow him to play and that their relationship was kind of the, what, what was going to salvage things. And Drew Rosenhaus is trying to make it sound like everything is fine and dandy. And then he films the conversation he has with Gruden puts it on his Instagram page, and then it comes out the next day that they find him, and then he's willing to throw it all away. I just – I'm so glad that he's not going to play football week one. I, I drafted him, and I, I don't even care. I, I, I'm so done with Antonio Brown. I hope he never plays another down of football. <laughs> I, that's just how I feel. And I, I, you can call me a hater. You can call it what it is. But if anybody has respect for the way that he handled this situation, you punt a football – 
because a GM finds you and wants to suspend you for your own actions after you've already been the center of attention this entire offseason, it's, it's absolutely a joke. I'm so done with it. I cannot wait until I don't have to see him come up on my news feed every single morning. Goodbye, Antonio Brown. You will not be missed by this I, one. I can't agree with you more. I know that you, you've long been a hater of them and the Steelers, but this this stuff is absolutely out of control. I, I do wonder if the foot thing is playing a big role in why he's gone so off the ledge. And you wonder also, like, what was the stuff Pittsburgh was fighting? Because you don't just turn this crazy out of nowhere, right? Like, it's every year you mentioned the Bills thing where he, you know, he tweeted the fake news thing on Instagram or whatever. And then, you know, he's he's talking about, you know, not or basically blocking a trade to them. And it's just, and there's been so much that's happened over the last year. And, um, you know, it, you don't just turn this crazy. I wonder if he's protecting himself from showing what he is with this weird-ass foot situation. And, and I, I do... I do think that any team that brings him in, there's a chance he fails a physical somewhere. I'm just going to throw that out there. It wouldn't shock me. If the physical had anything as far as like mental capacity on it, I would I would assume that he would fail. I mean, this has gotten way That's off true. the deep end at this Good. point. <laughs> he is the Kyrie Irving times a million of the NFL. Oh, great cop. Great cop. Oh, it's absurd. All right, we were going to talk a little bit of fantasy baseball on this show, but we went a little long in the tooth. We do have fantasy baseball playoffs coming up, so we'll definitely touch on that early next week in our first show. Um, but on you, let's let's just real quick. I know we didn't get to any leftovers, but real quick, just for oh by the way, is there one storyline that you're following other than Antonio Brown? Please and thank you that uh, this week uh, you're looking at here opening weekend. Oh man, I mean, obviously Antonio Brown, what they look like. I mean, I'm I'm very very interested to see what Kingsbury in this offense. I mean, I've I've basically staked my flag into this offense in fantasy and in betting, and I just I really think this Cardinals team has the potential to turn the page on you know what NFL offenses look like if they look good and you know and it starts this week with with Detroit, which is a good matchup I think generally at home. I I just I think that that could change the complexion of the entire NFC of the entire league. And then, you know, change the types of coaches that they start pursuing and even prospects. So, I mean, we've already started that wave, but I, I think Kingsbury is really the next chapter. So if it's terrible, we could see kind of a regression if they're awesome. And I expect them to be fun and run a lot of plays. I, I just think it's going to change the way we see a lot of what the NFL looks like over the next few years. So it starts all this weekend and I'm pumped. I like it. For me, it's the AFC North. I mean, that's what I'm looking at. I really am anxious to see how this is going to shake out. I think I think everybody thinks the Browns are going to run away with it. Nobody really knows what to expect out of the Steelers. The Ravens are kind of what they are, and then the Bengals are the wild card that will definitely not be a wild card. They're just, I, but I, I will say I'm, I'm very anxious to see what Zach Taylor does with this offense. I, I'm, I'm really anxious to see what the Bengals look like, regardless of how bad it is. So the AFC North to me is very interesting. I think it could be one of the better divisions in football or it could be one of the worst divisions in football, and that why, that's why it, it's very interesting to me. Uh, but aren't you anything that you wanted to add before we let our listeners get to NFL football Sunday week one? Just that I wish you the best of luck, my friend. I hope the Bengals pull this one out for you, and it'd be really, really fun. Even if not, just to look good, look interesting with Zach Taylor, as you alluded to. So I will be rooting for you big time. Many thanks, my friend. That will do it. Our time has come to an end on the Underdog Sports Fantasy Hour. Enjoy week one. We'll see you guys next week. Ah!